welcome to another episode by the Real Side Podcast. Some people call it shit. I call it podcast. With us today, we got Jordan. And we got Jeff. Yeah, that's me. Um, don't forget to go and follow us on that Instagram and uh, Twitter and and we stream on Twitch, I reckon, every Saturday, Friday, and Tuesday. <laughs> From the moment you started, all I could think about is chocolate. <laughs> They're selling chocolate. <laughs> Mike Wazowski. If you couldn't tell by that, which I would understand if you couldn't, we reviewed the movie Sling Blade, starring Billy Bob Thornton, John Ritter, uh, Lucas Black, and a woman. <laughs> and for the description, I'm going to try and do a Sling Blade impression. Jeff, give me a number, one, two, or three. That's a solid three. All right, we're going to go with the uh, Todd K. Bra- Bauman, T.K. Bauman. Oh, I should, probably shouldn't say his email. <laughs> Just talks to God. Carl Trowder, no man, released from a psychiatric hospital where he was growing up. Mm-hmm. I reckon he killed his mama. That's it. All right. <laughs> Minimal information. That's not the actually. Carl Trowder's now a grown man, is released from a psychiatric hospital where he's been hospitalized since the age of 12 for the murder of his mother and her lover. Uh, he returns to his childhood home and, although being mentally handicapped, gets a job fixing small motors at a local repair shop. Carl befriends a young boy, Frank, and is soon invited by Frank's mother, Linda, to move into the family's garage. As a strong relationship be- develops between Carl and Frank, a confrontation builds with Linda's abusive and sometimes violent boyfriend, Doyle. Yes, and his mother's named Linda, and the actress is played, uh, that plays her is Natalie Canarday. All right, the aforementioned woman. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't think of her name. Um, so yeah, let's uh, we'll we'll jump right into the uh, actual review of it, what we thought of it, and then uh, we'll go from there. So uh, let's start this week with Jordan. We never start with you. No, why is that? Because you just want to deflect. Because you don't know what you're gonna say. You don't know what you think. I got about. a whole list. You that's like seventeen points. That's I've a list. got 17 paragraphs. So, no, you don't. Yeah, do you? Fuck you, kid. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Okay, 14. <coughs> Multi-sentence bullet points. Okay. 25 bucks for Bush? <laughs> <laughs> Them's were the days. And then I put, uh, immediately after, lol, he got punked with a wiener. That's what happens when you don't go to a reputable source for your bush. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was, like, this will probably be one of the highest rated ones, in my opinion. Um, the only thing holding us back is Jeff. <laughs> um, I don't know I don't know what he's going to think about the movie, um, but fuck him, because this is my turn right now. This is my 15 minutes in the, in the spotlight fames. Uh, but yeah, I liked the movie. Uh, the cinematography was very well done. Um, it, it, there were some points where I 
originally was going to say that it lingered a bit. Um, like it, like the shot would just stay there for, I thought, way too long. But I think it fits um, with the character. Because most of the time, it's uh, on Carl. Yeah. And Carl's character, for whatever fucking reason, just lingers. Always. Yeah, you think you're alone? Nope, Carl's probably watching you from somewhere. He doesn't understand you have to knock on doors to get into places. Because uh, he grew up in a mental institution, so there was always someone there to open the door for him. I think that's why he doesn't understand. <laughs> um, but the plot is great. The storytelling is great. Uh, there's There wasn't a lot of comedy to it, which I, I don't really know the genre of the movie. I didn't look it up beforehand. Um, but uh, it, it, you can definitely tell it was an older movie because it's not like the, the ones of today where they're absolutely has to be like a piece of every fucking genre in the movie yeah like this one stayed true um to the story itself there was no side plots it was just information on the characters um and the story that was it it wasn't like oh but jenny from down the block at the at the hairdressers oh she's fucking carl he works at as a part-time used vacuum sales uh what are they you think they're gonna fall in love well, it did have a little bit of that, that love yeah. element when they, like... Hanging. What's that? I said, but the gay guy fucked the other gay guy in the in the uh, crematorium or whatever. Yeah, but he's he was a crucial part to the story. I'm talking about, like, movies will bring up, like, side characters that have no... in their relationship that has no impact on the story. I think that was used to show how malicious the small town was about him being a gay guy. Um, yeah. yeah, and then bring it into like not a not a friendship thing, but sort of show that how the connection would build from there because it's basically two outsiders, and mm-hmm. one being mentally handicapped and the other one being sling blade. Yeah, they're like I being being gay because of the mindset, the the lack of understanding, and probably. They seem like real idiots throughout yeah, I mean, the whole town. But it's I was Art talking, Kansas. yeah, I was talking about the the attempted love connection that they were trying to force upon Carl with that other mentally handicapped employee of the month um, from I, the dollar. I honestly thought that fit because yeah. people don't know when to butt the fuck out. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's and that's something that uh, I've noticed as I've been growing up. Like, people will stick their nose wherever the fuck they want. Even though it's like, it would be common sense to be like, hey, I noticed that you're, you're walking a little funny. You get a little, <laughs> the bum hole, you know? You're like, bum bum, you know, uh-huh. No, stay out of my business, Shannon. Um, and I thought they showed that well uh, by getting, like, the mom to try and force a relationship. Um, I, I've never understood it personally. I, I don't, I don't, like... I don't. You don't know Carl well enough. First off, he said probably four paragraphs to you since he got here. One of them being the admittance of him murdering his mother and her boyfriend. Yeah. Um. So you don't really know much about him. What you know about him is that he just got out of the mental institution for killing his mom and her boyfriend. He lives in your garage, and he is best friends with your child. Yeah. I'm gonna set him up with the girl. I know. I know another special little lady just like you, Carl. What do you mean? I don't want to. Yeah. She's retarded. 
Yeah, that's a, another way you can tell it's an old film. They, they, uh, these retard quite a bit throughout the whole thing, especially with the descriptions of Carl. And then, especially when he asks, what's, what's wrong with him? Oh, he's just, or he was in the mental institute. Do you know that? Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's just because he's retarded. Okay. Yeah, back <laughs> then that was perfectly acceptable. Yeah. My son's got a, a, a mental handicap. <clears throat> Ship him off to the loony bin. This is where you live now, Greg. We're going to visit you once every five years. Well, that's where the word came from. Like, mental, when someone said, oh, you have mental retardation, it's because retard in French is late. So you're delayed. That's where why we switched over to mentally delayed, because you're mentally late. But then people started using it maliciously. and Yeah, retard just means slow, right? You can yeah. use anything maliciously. Yeah. Do you know there's a subsection of, of, of gay people that call straight people breeders? Yeah. Like, um, oh, what's the word? Maliciously. Yeah. There's, which is weird because, like, if you didn't have you breeders, fucking breeders. If you, if you didn't have breeders, yeah, you wouldn't have any more anyone. Yeah. <laughs> there would be no diversity. That's why I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> they made me. <laughs> 30 years ago, two people had sex. Now I have to pay taxes. What the fuck? <laughs> Such <laughs> bullshit. That's the, one of the like the greatest cons of life. Everyone's like, well, no, you have to propagate the species. Like You have to keep the human race going. No, you just want my tax money. <laughs> Alright, Jeff. What did you think of the film? It was very filmish. Uh, <laughs> uh, overall, it wasn't bad. I thought at the very beginning... I was going to absolutely hate it because the very first scene was that other like murderer rapist guy just like slowly dragging a chair across the screen for like 15 <laughs> seconds. I was like, if the whole movie's like this, I'm just going to shut it fucking off. But I mean, it, it set the tone as like, this is going to be an uncomfortable movie. Uh, and it didn't like overdo it. I don't think I, I agree with Jordan for the most part. There isn't a whole lot of like side plot weird bullshit that didn't need to be said. But I do think the whole like setting Carl up with the girl and then nothing ever coming about that. Like, and there wasn't even payoff at the very end when he's planning on going back to the Mentor Institute. He's planning on, spoiler alert, killing the dude, right? Like, he's he knows he set everything up with the kid, he set everything up for the mom. He never, the, the chick, no, doesn't care. There was no payoff to that whole scene whatsoever. So I, I, I think that was either like, I know there was some cut from the end movie, so maybe that was involved in that. But I think if you're going to cut any kind of payoff with that, you might as well just cut the whole, like, let's go on a walk and fucking make the retards spend time together kind of thing altogether, because it really didn't change the movie whatsoever. Um, but other than that, like, I think the guy did a pretty good job. Is that Billy Bob Thornton or whatever his name is? Yeah, Billy Bob Thornton is the one that played Carl. He actually uh, wrote and directed this movie as well. 
Yeah, I think he did a pretty good job. Uh, there was points in the movie where he was sitting and standing and didn't have anything in his hand, and he wasn't wringing his hands. So there's just like small continuity errors because he's supposed to be like not only mentally retarded, but he's supposed to be like autistic, right? He has tics that he does all the time and whatnot, and sometimes he just didn't do the tics, and that's just that's just little bits and pieces being picky, right? Um, the story, I the the main thing about the main problem I had with the movie was that you knew what was going to happen at the end from like 10% of the way through the movie. The first time you meet the the mother's boyfriend or whatever, you, you know how this is going to end, right? Like <laughs> it's basically, he's going to be an asshole to the kid. The guy, the retard's going to get offended and stick up for him it's either going to be like a, a spur of the moment thing is what i was assuming more spur of the moment rather than uh like just planning on murdering the guy uh but you knew that's what it's going to come down to right so there wasn't a whole lot of like surprise it was just kind of two hours of grinding towards this inevitable end um and a lot of the two hours was uh i, I wouldn't say inconsequential but like there was no most most stories there's like a build-up near the end of the middle. Like, there's three-act structure, right? Like, there's a build-up at the end of the first third, and then there's a small payoff, and then a build-up at the end of the second third, and a small payoff kind of thing. This movie was just kind of, like, flatlined until the end, and then there was that, like, very predictable spike, and that was about it. Um, the only other, like, um, spike in um, uh, action would have been the, like, super drunk and fighting in the house scene, which I thought was really well done with the way the camera never moved. That's one thing I did really like about this movie was there wasn't fucking jump cuts every 30 goddamn milliseconds. This It just put the camera down. It showed the whole scene. The scene went as it went. And there wasn't like, we need 17 different angles of this fucking conversation for no apparent reason whatsoever. So, uh, uh, other than the, the drunken, uh, like, fight part, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, climax or anything. It was basically just a very long story and that didn't have, like, a whole lot of conflict in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, the, they, they start out by saying, like, oh, he's, he's getting out of the, uh, um the mental institutions and everything's going to be real hard for him and all this other than the first day where he just like walked around for, I don't know, the whole day, there was never anything ever went wrong for, for the retarded guy. He got a place to sleep that night. He immediately had a job the next day. He had people basically falling over themselves to give him somewhere to stay. He was getting paid. People were making him food. Like there was no struggles for this guy who had, who, for this mentally retarded guy who had been in an insane asylum for 25 or 55 years. He looked really old. I don't know how long he was actually in there for. And had nowhere to go. There was no struggles at all for this character. And that's kind of whatever. Um, but after all that rambling, I overall generally didn't mind this movie. I thought it was okay. Uh, I wanted to say two things. Uh, math probably would have been fairly hard for him. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was just thinking, like as you were saying it, I was mulling it over my head with the uh, uh, the employee of the month. I can't remember her name. Um, that might have been just set up to uh, 
try to give them some normalcy, right? Because, like, they've been working with this girl for God knows how long. And she's got employee of the month. So either they're taking pity on her and be like, hey, throw the girl a, a gold star and give her a cupcake. Or she actually earned it. Yeah. Um, so they know, like, even though that there's something wrong, there's mentally mental deficiencies, they can lead a normal life. So I think that was the setup for that. Like, they're trying to get them into uh, the habit of, like, leading a normal life, yeah. doing normal shit. And then the moment that Doyle almost hit Frank was the moment that uh, Carl was just like, okay, we're, I'm killing him. Like, that, yeah. this is going to happen. And then the rest of that was just him dropping off all his, all his shit, tying up all the loose ends, and then uh, sharpening his weapon. Yeah. And maybe maybe having that little, like, I'll just call it a play date or whatever, is also helps to explain uh like how you were saying like how everyone sort of was just like giving him handouts there was no real struggle so maybe showing that it's they also deal with or have dealt with a person with mental disabilities before and having that explained to the because the kid she pulls the kid aside after being worried being like this is a weird fucking dude like what the hell and then the kid explains like what's going on and, and what's happening and that's and so that sort of shows kind of why they have that uh, uh, that nicety or that uh, like willingness to help someone with a, a mental deficiency, like Carl. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. Like there was not too much action pack wise. There definitely, um, I enjoyed the the certain scenes that um, made you feel tense. Like, because you knew it was wrong. Like, any time the boyfriend Doyle opened his mouth and started talking either to the kid or the mom, I could just see and just feel the manipulation mm -hmm. and that the manipulative tactics that um, abusive partners use. I was like, holy fuck. So it makes you feel uncomfortable there. Um, even people just talking about Carl and that, you're just like, holy fuck, like, or the uncomfortableness of uh, Vaughn, who's the the gay guy, just like him not being able to to even in the diner, just not like hardly able to say anything at all to say it out loud, um, was good. Billy Bob Thornton's acting in this was just spot on. Like there, it's it's hard playing a character with some sort of either deficiency or handicap or anything like that without either going too light so that you don't know or like jumping in like how like uh Simple you never jack. go you never go full retard this is what what's that off? that's off of uh tropic thunder yeah tropic thunder never go full retard um it's it's one of those things where few actors have actually been able to pull off like uh, like Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man like he, he nails that role or uh, Leo in What's Eating Gilbert Grape yeah actually he did such a fantastic job like on the red carpet they were going to like interview him and he obviously articulates well because he's not special yeah. ed and they're like wait what like they were expecting like oh what's your favorite color. And he's just like, yeah, so it's, it's red. And uh, also, there's a lot of stuff going on in the Middle East right now I'd like to talk about. It. Yeah. I was expecting a fluff piece. Um, again, I had, like you said, Jeff, I really enjoyed the, 
the not jumping around camera angles because it lets you um it almost lets you like feel in the scene with them and you can also you pull out that awkwardness that uh, carl has because he is autistic and you just mm-hmm. the long just watching him just sit there not doing anything and you're just like holy fuck you can't read social cues at all dude holy shit <laughs> mm-hmm. i reckon uh, um and then the i think would also help with the build-up uh with doyle the boyfriend is that almost gave us an insight into like carl's childhood like when you go in and meet his dad in the like near the end like he he finally work i don't know if he works up the courage but or feels like he's gonna go to a place to go and see his dad but it goes up until then and you're just like holy shit this is almost it seems like what carl's childhood was like especially with him describing it to frank the kid um living in a hole in the shed and then um i know i don't know if if it got you jeff but me and jordan were just like shocked when he starts explaining to frank how his dad made him bury or get rid of his little baby brother who was still alive yeah yeah that whole scene and like the monologue was just crazy oh i hate a lot of monologues in this movie like the beginning monologue when he's telling his story yeah fucking fantastic um i don't know if it's just hollywood nowadays that they refuse to do that anymore or people just genuinely can't remember fucking like a minute worth of dialogue yeah because like i yeah i don't know what happened to to hollywood where they needed jump cuts like that um i get it it's it's a lot easier to edit movies now like instead of going and clipping the fucking film and then taping it back together where you need it it's okay i'm just gonna copy and paste on a keyboard and it's fine yeah um so i think that helped with it and contributed to the the jump cut bullshit um, I also don't think the the action genre helped with that at all, because now instead of having like a three second shot of an explosion, we have nineteen seconds of ninety five different fucking angles of it happening at the same time. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'd say that's the his opening monologue was probably one of the best ones I've seen. Like, yeah. I can't recall too many monologues, but it's one of the better ones I've seen. And I don't know, I don't know how people do it. Yeah. Fucking theater kids remembering well, pages of dialogue. I think with him, because he actually, he developed this character while working on another film. And he had the idea for this character, and then he made a short, um, uh, a little short called, um, I call it a sling blade. And then went into it, and it was just sort of like little monologue thing, so. Once you're, if you're the one, and with him be also being the writer, uh, if you're the one writing and also developing the character yourself, I think it helps give you that leeway, because then you just get into the mindset of it. Here's where, here's the things you want to hit, like even just little bullet points, um, like uh, bullied at school, um, see bully on top of mom, known for, so you can just be like, okay. Well, if I'm bullied at school and he's going to end up on top of my mom, something's got to get me to the point of rage where I want to destroy this man. And then you add in 
how he was known for um, fondling the girls without their permission. Taking advantage. Yeah, yeah, taking advantage of the little girls around the neighborhood. So I think that's what helps with with the monologues. But yeah, not. Ha- but that could also be because we don't watch too many of that of this like style. But so this is like it's an indie film, but it's classified as drama. And most of the time, when people want to be entertained, you're going for like the action movies or the comedy movies. Dramas tend to make you feel that like that it's it's not as much of it as an escape from your reality. So when people are like I like watching movies because it gets me out. So I like watching the Avengers because I'm just like yeah superheroes. Or I like watching um, like Due Date or other comedy movies because it puts me out or makes me feel good. Whereas a drama, there's real like they deal with real shit. Yeah, but <laughs> makes like, it makes you uncomfortable. Coming coming from a place of uh, being real sad, uh, sometimes you you want to watch those types of movies. Mm-hmm. You got to remind yourself uh, what feelings are. And that's real awkward. I can't just watch anime for that because I'll be coming upstairs like, oh, I chat. <laughs> And then I'll cry into your uh, triple G bosoms. God, yeah. <laughs> Anime bitches got hella titties. They got insane titties, dude. Um, there were a few characters I did have issues with. the, Because, uh, uh, I mean, you could definitely tell that <laughs> at some points people were straight up just like raiding off cue cards behind camera or hidden somewhere on set. Um, the biggest one of them all um, was the mechanic. No, not the mechanic. The guy that owned the shop. Um, all of his lines, I found, it didn't seem like he was playing a character in a movie. It sounded like he was just reading the lines off of a page. Yeah. Like, it, this was the first time that he's ever seen them. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or just, like, bad acting. Uh, the other one was the, I want to say drummer. No, the guy, no, he was the guy playing the, uh, the tambourine. Um, when uh, Doyle called his band boys over. Um, when the, guy, he was like, was the guy in the jumpsuit, right? Yeah, the guy in the jumpsuit, which you hated because you're jealous you couldn't pull off that jumpsuit. <laughs> that jumpsuit had more rolls than a bakery. That was... That oh, it wasn't a jumpsuit, that was him. <laughs> <laughs> well, the jumpsuit didn't help. It definitely accentuated quite a bit. Um, but yeah, like when it, on the wide shot, when uh, they were in the living room after they played the music, he was, uh, you could tell he wasn't looking at anyone. He was looking off screen, pretty much. Yeah. Like, everyone was fucking in the middle of the room, and he's looking off to the right, where there's absolutely no one but the camera. Um, that was my biggest issue, I think, with the movie, is just, like, at some points it just felt like maybe they didn't have the budget to, like, hire actual actors, and they're just like, hey... You want to make some money? Just read these lines for the movie. That dude was the first time. That was his first big role. Okay, so maybe yeah. that that so could the, definitely the mechanic, anyways. Yeah. Um, uh, I had an issue with uh, when they were sitting at the dinner table uh, while Carl was out in the garage because he didn't want to eat dinner with them, and it was it was Frank uh, Doyle and the mom Linda. Yeah. And Linda went to go pour some gravy. <laughs> Over her potatoes. And that shit was thick as 
fuck. That was a sludge of gravy coming out of this holder, which you could just tell and be like, hey, we've been trying to do this scene for a while. Or they're like, we just got to the scene, but they've had the food prepped for a little bit and the gravy just congealed. And you're like, ugh. Yeah, I feel like that was definitely later on in the in the afternoon or the evening for those takes because, like, everyone else was like, okay, we're eating dinner like a normal family. And the kid was like, I haven't eaten in four fucking days. Like, he was just shoveling the shit. <laughs> um, which I guess, like, some kids just do that normally. And you know what? Actually, that does make sense. Because the faster he finishes his plate, the faster he can leave the table with yeah. his abusive stepdad. Slash not stepdad, I don't know. He, he's sort of just like, hey, yeah, I'm marrying your mom. Yeah. But she didn't she break up with you, like, last night? You came over to half-apologize and then threaten her son? Go get some chicken, bitch. I want to yell at your kid. Yeah. Tell Carl he's moving out. When he's sitting right there. That's something I didn't understand either. Like, just look at Carl and be like, hey, can you, like, get the fuck out of my house, please? Yeah. You don't have to, like, tell the kid to tell Carl he's right there. You're touching him, in fact. Your legs are touching right now. <laughs> what else? Uh, they didn't really... I, I don't understand the point of, like, uh, the whole backstory for his dad. Like, in the, the opening monologue, he went into a huge backstory with his dad. His dad was on screen for what? Two minutes? Three minutes? Yeah. Well... I think that that was just to give like a picture of what led up to the crime. But I found like references to like hate towards the father or like wish of death upon the father or just um, even like not, I don't want, not, not patriarchal, maybe, maybe patriarchal, I don't know. Paternal, yeah, that's it. Paternal abuse like throughout the entirety of the movie. Like it was very, it was very big, and so, um, and having that resolution not near the end, but it maybe in the uh, like at the three quarter mark where he actually walks in and, and talks to his dad, and I'm pretty sure he, yeah, he he said he wanted to kill his dad too, while he was there, but he's just yeah, like, he but you're just sitting that. there anyways, and you'll just die off eventually, so see you later. I, yeah, I feel like he probably had to, a lot of time to do that in the mental institution, though. Like, because he said, I, "Well, judging off the first and the last scenes where you see him in the actual institution, he's just sitting there staring out of a window. He got plenty of time to to think." So I don't know if he was saying like I am currently thinking, or like I was going to, I was on my way to kill you. I think he did plan. He said he's he said he spent a long time thinking about it. Yeah, so he that's never said I mean. he was really going to, right? So he, he was definitely thinking about it probably during the institution. And that kind of, like, confused me because I think it was was it after that point when he went to that he had the, uh, like, little talk with the kid about how he was forced to, like, bury his brother. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was after that because that's, uh, while he was there, he also visited the, the grave of his... Yeah, that's brother. right, that's right. That's right. Um, something actually, like, because you were bringing up the uh, abuse in the movie, uh, I wanted to look it up, not for fun, because abuse isn't fun, um, but for my own curiosity. Thornton, Billy Bob Thornton, was uh, abused when he was a kid. Yeah. Which 
doesn't surprise me because the uh, <laughs> from personal experience, the abuse in this movie was very accurate. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like the entire time, like, well, the the stepfather. He wasn't a stepfather. We'll call him a stepfather. Well, Doyle was, I think, a shitty actor um, at times. There was also times where it was, like, staring at an abusive father. Yeah. Like, if you were in that room, like, on set, you wouldn't have known the difference unless you saw the cameras. Like, you would have just assumed he was being an abusive piece of shit. So I think that, that shows, like, he definitely had experience with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, back to, yeah, with him thinking about killing his dad. I think it brought it up, because in that scene, so in the beginning monologue, when he ends it, and then the girl asks the question, um, will you kill again? And before you get to flip back to the uh, to Carl, you get the reaction of uh, the doctor being like, I fucking said, don't ask any questions. Are you crazy? <laughs> um and then it goes when it gets when the camera pans back on Carl, he like looks up directly in her, and you almost get a sense that he wants to kill someone. Like he he had a plan to kill someone, and then it builds up, and you see his dad. And then when he gets there, he mentions that he again that he he's read the Bible, um, doesn't understand all of it, but he grasps most of it. And then he says that story that you and mom told that's told me and said that was in there wasn't in there so even with the abuse i think that's what that was another thing that just was set him off throughout the um while he was being held in this institution it was just like he fucking lied to me about this and he was just like that's I, it almost seemed like that was what one of the the tipping points that he wanted to just fucking off him other than him being horrible. <laughs> Megan, did they say it. what the story was? Uh, they did not. No. No. Uh, I think he was going to talk about Bible study, but his mom was too busy getting railed in the kitchen. Yeah. And murdered. <laughs> Actually, I think I took a note. Yeah. Waiting for Bible study. Heard a scream from the house. It was Jackie, Je- uh, Jesse Dixon raping his mom. Question mark. Said having his way with her. Nope. Turns out she was having an affair, so he cut that bitch with the Kaiser Blade, a.k.a. Sling Blade. No regrets on his part. That was one of the things that didn't really shock me. Um, but, I mean, kind of a little bit shocked me, like, because you watch any any fucking thing now, uh, like, uh, interviews with psychopaths and killers and shit like that, or, or, like, NCIS. You ask someone, like, oh, would you... If you could go back and change what you've done, would you do it? And only, like, the actual diagnosed psychopaths are like, no. There was, uh, what was it? Uh, the Iceman, I believe he was called. He was asked, he did, like, over 150 mafia hits. Like, that was his job. And he was asked in an interview, he's like, do you, like, do you regret it? And he said, I regret one thing. And it was uh, a guy asked t- for time to pray. So I gave him half an hour. He's like, yeah, I wish I should have just, I should have just told him to turn around and start praying and clipped him. Um, and when Billy Bob Thornton was just like, nope, no regrets. Like no hesitation. Whereas before it was, he would like sit and think about what he was going to say. 
with that one, it was just like, no, no regrets. So yeah. He's a, he's a definite, I think, a psychopath. Like, I, it, throughout the entire movie, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's a retard, he's a retard, except, like, no. He's got some shit going on behind his eyes. Like, he, there's life in his eyes. Like, he's thinking. Um, like, uh, Vaughn said, he's like, I think you're a thinker. Yeah. Um, though at the time he was like, I'm thinking about bringing some French fried potatoes home. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I truly think he was a lot smarter than he let on. One thing that definitely bothered me about this movie was the unnecessary buildup at the beginning. He's got to have the lights out while talking to you for some reason, even though he was sitting in a light room earlier. Don't ask him any questions. He doesn't like his picture taken. Don't do this. Don't do that. They're making him up to be like something. And then he's just he's just a regular retard. Like Throughout the rest of the movie, people ask him questions all the time. Why were they so worried about them asking him questions and whatnot? Like There was all that, don't do this, don't do this, and nothing came of it. There was no reason for any of that. It was just unnecessary build-up. I think that might have been uh, just like the shitty psych system at the time. Because like they knew he had something wrong with him, but they don't know what specifically. So they're like, okay, we're going to just avoid any stimulation that could cause him to freak out. And I think that's why they probably put him in like a the controlled room. So like the dark room, like calm him down a little bit. Make it, make sure he's comfortable. He's the he's the one by the light. He can control that. Um, whereas now, like we have a diagnosis, like we know, like he was definitely autistic in some way, and, and probably had some other stuff going on. But before, I'd be like, yeah, no, I don't need brain go. Whoop. <laughs> let's let's give him electroshock therapy. Which is fine and all, but if they believed that, they also wouldn't have let him out, right? Again, yeah, shitty, shitty medical system. Um, because it like even the doctor didn't really seem like he cared all that much. Um, he just wanted to make sure that like he had a place to stay and that was it. And yeah. then he went back to the mechanics and just checked up on him, like. But it didn't seem like a once a, a fatherly checkup. Like, hey, are you doing okay? It was more like, hey, mechanic man that owns the business has he stabbed anyone yet? Yeah. Remember, I told you he killed his mom and her boyfriend. What? <laughs> Oh, one of the one of the lighter notes that uh, that got me. I really enjoyed this one scene uh, where you first um, are introduced to to the boyfriend, and then Carl comes in, and it's Frank and Carl and uh, and Doyle just sitting there, and Doyle's like, "Oh, what's up with all them books?" He's like, "Oh, these are my books. Like, this is the Bible. I read the Bible. I do it. I I don't understand all of it, but I reckon I got most of it." And then the boyfriend's like, "Oh yeah, the Bible. See, I read like I read that, and then it's like this begets this, this person begets this, he begets this, and then all of a sudden he just, and then how retarded are you? <laughs> just completely changes the subject. It's like I wanted to ask this question, but I had no way to to get on this topic. Segway. So. <laughs> how do you do it? Like speaking of segways, how are you? How like on a scale of one to ten, how retarded are you? Yeah." Also, I don't know. Two hundred forty-six. <laughs> I'm trying to think, because like I, I thought in the moment when he was like sitting there, uh, when Frank met Doyle for, or no, so Carl met Doyle for the first time. Doyle had a beer, 
and I don't remember seeing liquid in it at all, nor do I see him actually drink it. Yeah. I don't know if that was just like me not paying attention, but I remembered at one point, I think it was closer to the end of the scene, I was like, I don't think he's actually taking a drink, but it's like fucking empty. It's foreshadowing when Frank went to go take a drink out of his milkshake pop thing while eating his fries with Vaughn. <laughs> he tried two times. <laughs> Suck. Nothing. Shake. Suck. Nothing. All right. We're going to put that down. We'll go back to the mustard fries for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's another thing uh, everyone should have learned from this movie is apparently mustard is the superior condiment. 100%. For retards. <laughs> <laughs> well, call me a retarded. <laughs> I do. Don't beer. worry. Face me in mustard. Loves me some branches. Four o'clock in the morning asking for biscuits. Love that. Hey, lady, can you make me biscuits? The fact that she After is... his quality telling of the joke. Yeah. <laughs> he says, like, most of the joke. And he's like, and I think one of them was from Arkansas. You get it. <laughs> And then she just kind of chuckles. <laughs> She's just so sleep deprived. Or she just wanted to make him feel like his joke was good. I think he fucking nailed it. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know the joke, uh, I'm going to tell it to the best from my ability. From memory. Right after I burp. Uh, so a man from California and a man from Arkansas are sitting there pissing off a bridge. And uh, the man from California says, man, water sure is cold here. And the man from Arkansas says, yeah, it's deep, too. And now I'll explain it for those that don't understand. The man from California had a very long penis, and it touched the water yeah. from the bridge. And the man from <laughs> Arkansas had an even longer penis, and it uh, could tell the depth of the water. Plumbed the depths. <laughs> How many fathoms long That's is good. your dick? Because that joke went right over my head. I was like, what the fuck is you this guy... It? No, Tiny not TV. at all. You don't get it. What's good? He Tiny said he was TV. pissing off a bridge. Yeah. I was like, A, why does this guy think the water's cold? He's pissing off a bridge. I was like, oh, all right, maybe it's windy. He's blowing his piss at him. And this guy says, oh, it's deep, too. And I was like, all right, so he's an idiot. <laughs> so, which fits. Says the idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are dumb. This is not a funny joke. It was I'm a shit joke. Here. I'm sitting over here laughing with my massive cock. <laughs> <laughs> dip it in the lake like I understand I got an average penis I don't understand the joke it's not my fault you that or you just haven't been on any underwater bridges yeah <laughs> man this water's real deep you're fucking four feet underwater oh man that's uh what do you what do you think about do you want to get baptized like Carl Jeff that's how adults get baptized that blew my mind I was like, that water is so dirty, there's no way it's holy. No, it's holy water. You they're, the they're in Arkansas. That's all the water they have. <laughs> I got a question that is completely unrelated to this movie. But how effective is one priest's uh, purification powers, let's say? So, like, because that priest was standing in a river, and he made it holy water. So, like... If you're standing on a beach in California and you like with your feet in the water and you're a priest and you bless the sea, yeah, how much of the sea is now currently holy? Uh, the tsunami uh, that's hitting India. <laughs> and now this is holy water. Please take out India. I'll take them out. Just bring them to God. 
real quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's symbolic. I don't think it actually has to be holy water. I think it just has to be water. I thought it was holy water. Like, because you, you're basking and bathing in holy water. And become yeah. a new person. As long as you eat uh, the flesh of Christ and then drink his blood, I think you're good. I just don't understand. I got in trouble for that. So, like, okay, his name's Jesus Christ, right? My yeah. gardener's name, Jesus. I bit his leg because <laughs> body and blood of Christ. I get arrested? Oh, yeah. I'm just doing my Christian duty. By gnawing on my gardener. Also, he fucked up my azaleas. <laughs> All right. What does a sling blade look like? I don't. I, yeah, I don't know what a sling blade looks like. I, I imagine it's like a mini scythe. If you can't find it. Look up Kaiser blade. Some people call it a Kaiser blade. I'm gonna have to because sling blade only brings up fucking posters for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's just a yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's just a yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really it's like look a small, like a banana. Oh, it's got it. a small hook on the end. Yeah. I was fishing way more curved. What did you guys think of the uh, boyfriend's god complex after he was in the middle of his apology and he's just like, I work construction, you know, like I'm building the future. Like, worship me. I was just like, all right, buddy. Like, I mean, that's how most people think, right? Like, most people are just like, oh my god, I'm so important. I'm dumping hella loads in bitches. I'm creating the future. <laughs> Oh, that reminds me of a joke I heard earlier today. Um, success is a, a lot like being California No, 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 stop. We already told that joke. You didn't understand it. Tiny did. Uh, no. Sure is deep. <laughs> success is like uh, pregnancy. Once you have it, everyone wants to congratulate you, but they don't want to hear about how many times you got fucked. <laughs> it's also, I can, I can never talk to people about being pregnant because that's the first place my mind goes. It's not, oh, yeah, we're trying to get pregnant. My mind is, oh, he's coming in lots. <laughs> Hell, well, leaders. That's like the joke I told Zach yesterday, Jordan. Uh, I don't understand why we uh, color code our children. Is it really just so that you know the shape of their genitals? Oh, it's flavor. Flavor of their genitals? No. Okay. Oh, child. <laughs> God damn it, Zach. <laughs> What Jesus. is with you? You don't understand I, jokes about generals, and then you automatically assume I'm talking about kids' generals? No, I'm talking about eating the kids. Not their genitals. Well, obviously their genitals, <laughs> because they're on them. <laughs> I, no, I picked that part out. <laughs> that's too much. I don't eat the genitals <laughs> or the anus. Sorry, but that's gay. <laughs> Regardless of genitals? Yes. Because as I've proven... <laughs> Dude, that <laughs> baptism scene, those are Carl's only clothes. He only had that pair of clothes the whole movie. Why did he get special yeah. privileges? Okay, so everyone else was wearing, like, piss-stained clothes in the mental institution, yeah. aside from the doctors, and Carl. Why did Carl get, like, special clothes privileges? Because he didn't piss on his clothes. <laughs> but the other guy had a fucking, like, a robe. He yeah. had the full scrub. Probably based on how dangerous they were deemed. Oh, yeah. Or how challenged they were, right? 30 years that's in just, the 
the loony bin. That's how the guards kept him under control. They just pissed on him. It had to be longer than 30 years, because he looked like he was fucking, like, 60. And he went in when he was, like, 12, right? So he, it had to be more than 30 years in the bin. I don't know, but that, that Charles guy, I think, uh, was an example of, like, how people used to get away with a criminal uh, insanity plea. Because, like, he was going on and on. Like, it was it was fairly mild in the beginning, I, I admit. But at the end of the movie, he's literally joking around with Carl about duct taping the girl's mouth while she has like cotton or a shirt or something in her mouth a gag in her mouth yeah and he's just sitting there like giggling and laughing about it and thankfully carl finally said what i was thinking like i don't want to listen to you anymore yeah (laughs) fuck off and then he made fun of carl by just like rubbing his hands together like oh you want to talk to me you gimp (laughs) i i read a thing that uh, in order for no, uh, in order for Robert Edward Thornton, what's his name? Billy Bob Thornton. Sure, for him to have the limp that that Carl had, he put crushed glass in one of his shoes. That'll do it. I don't know why you wouldn't just put like a couple of rocks in there instead of something that will actually cut you up. No, nope. crushed glass. He's a method actor. He became the retard. The uh, the scene where. Uh, Frank is just uh, like uh, Doyle kicks all his all the people out, and then he puts hands on uh, Frank's mom, and Frank just goes apeshit and starts hucking shit at him. That he actually ran out of props while throwing things, so he started throwing like real books and those encyclopedias and shit, and <laughs> fucking hit him. Like the guy, the actor played uh, Doyle was just like. He's like, one hit me in the ribs, almost took the wind completely out of me. And then, which was hilarious to hear um, that that was the thing. But then when, even in the scene where he was just like, okay, all right, holy fuck. It's just like, <laughs> you knew he was just hurting. And you couldn't tell if he was acting the character or it was because, like, he fucking got whaled. The kid ran out of props. No one yelled cut. He improvised. Yeah. This is a genius kid. And now, he's the leader of Tokyo Drift. He's DK. Unlucky. And he was in... uh, He went downhill. Hey, Tokyo Drift is one of the best out of that whole franchise. I heard some of it It's like top nine. Top nine. Is there nine movies? I don't (laughs) know. I don't know. (laughs) The ninth one's coming out. Fucking people are still obsessed with the movies. I've seen the first two, three, maybe? I don't know. I've seen one and two, and then Tokyo Drift. Same. Those are the ones I've seen. And then from there, I'm pretty sure I can just fill everything in. Something happens. We need to drive cars. Oh no! One of the family is hurt and or dead and or missing. We need to drive cars, but faster! Except for plot twist, the one that died in the first or second movie is actually alive and comes back later. Oh my god! Yeah. What a twist. Oh, it's coming back. And now instead of it being Vin Diesel's, it's The Rock? No. Nope. Jason Statham's? Nope. That's a different, that's a spinoff. What? Yeah. That was Calvin and Hobbes. Hobbes and Shaw. Yeah. Calvin and Hobbes is a comic about a boy and his stuffed tiger. And yeah, The so Rock's the boy. And the other one's the stuffed tiger. You, you best be careful with saying that. You're going to wake up with The Rock choke slamming your ass. Yeah. The Rock doesn't choke slam. It doesn't matter what he does! <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know! <laughs> All right. Uh, 
books. All right, let's get some ratings in, I think. It's about that time. We've got about eight minutes left, and usually our ratings take a bit. So won't you start us off this time, yeah, huh? I will. Huh? Sure yeah, big Bitchington. Yeah, come on, big Bitchington. Yeah, come on, Zach. Jesus. You got a tiny dick and you understand big dick jokes. <laughs> I don't need to understand big dick jokes. That's compensating. You have a medium dick. Yeah. It talks to ghosts. Mm. Spooky. You've been fucking dead jokes. Spooky penis. Do, do you get that that joke, Zach? Yeah, yeah I got it. Med, a medium dick, because medium yeah. speak to like it medium wasn't the size reference. It, <laughs> hey, hey, you're not that guy. You're not that guy, Tom. <laughs> he doesn't know that meme, so it's fine. Oh, absolutely. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this movie uh, an eight. Eight. Why? Eight. Maybe a nine. Let's go eight and a half. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's pick an actual. Let's pick a real number. Let's pick a real number. On the spectrum, thank you. Eight medium. It was. Uh, eight medium. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk to Gus. You just yeah. went over this. Uh, the acting was well done for the for the most part. The, uh, the writing was uh, good. Like, the script was good. The camera, the shoot, like the shooting, cinematography, and everything like that was great. Um, honestly, twenty minutes in, once I got like more of the acting from Billy Bob Thornton, I knew I was going to rate the movie high. It's uh, it's pretty simplistic, and you can sort of predict what what's going to happen um, throughout. But still, getting there, um, having the the awkward scenes where you're just feels like the camera's staying on too long um, and everything like that. It just it hit all the right buttons. Not a perfect movie, but uh, it it was solid. I would 100% watch this movie again. What about you, Jeff? Uh, I'd probably give it like a 7. Uh, I think the acting was good. The cinematography without the jump cuts and whatnot was good. It The movie itself made you feel anxious or awkward, which was basically what it went out to be. Uh, overall, the plot was pretty coherent. There was, like I said before, some things that seemed a little superfluous. Uh, but yeah, I'd probably watch it again without too much fuss if someone offered to put it on. That's not a big deal. Uh, I think its weakest part was uh, just making a, uh, a story that wasn't like super predictable from the very beginning. Uh, like I said, as soon as you met the boyfriend, you're just like, all right, he's dead, and fucking Jimmy John Thornton is gonna be the one to kill him, right? So, uh, but other than that, yeah, it was it was a story that was relatively interesting. It didn't do anything like outrageous, but the acting and cinematography was good. So yeah, I'd give it probably like a seven. That's that's pretty much a ten for Jeff normally. Yeah, this is the highest rating I think we've ever gotten. Out of <laughs> no, I gave. I give uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World a higher rating. How could yeah. you do that to Billy Bong Hortons? Yeah. Oh, it's Jimmy John Thornton. A man who you can't even say his fucking name. Jimmy so John Morton. Come on. Uh, I'm going to go ahead Jimmy and go King. in the, in the middle and give it an 8. Um, I, I definitely would watch this movie again. Uh, I, I would I would not hesitate to call it a classic, to be honest. It, it was a great piece of film. Um, I think everyone should watch it. If you if you want to get into like filmmaking or the film industry, I think you should definitely take a look at this and uh, and, and steal as much as you can from it. 
Yeah. Um, not like just rip it off completely, but like no, just like actually cut the movie up and just put scenes of it in your movie. It's great. Yeah, like yeah, just cut it, splice in half an hour of just him staring out the window at the at the uh, the, the loony bin. It's a bird. It's a plane. Mm-hmm. It's Carl. I like them French fried potatoes. So. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to give it an 8. Uh, the cinematography was really good. Uh, I would like to see it uh, remastered. Uh, I also want to know, because I read online that there is a director's cut that's 12 minutes longer than the theatrical release. Um, and I'd like to see if there is if that's the one that we watched or if there's anything different that I would uh, notice from it. Um, How long was the one you watched? Do you guys know? Uh, two hours and fourteen minutes. That's fine. So we watched the same one. Okay. Um. But yeah, fantastic movie. Uh, I think that modern cinema could probably take some some things from this. Like, stop with the fucking jump cuts. It's too much. Yeah. Um. My phone decided to to delete everything, so as I'm redoing all my calculations, I'm just going to do some vitriol, and we got a 7.83. No. Yeah. Oh, I said 7, not 7.5, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You trying to fucking tell me that I don't know how to do math when I'm putting it into a calculator on a computer? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You are but a man, you fucking electric jello bitch. My uh, dad was having trouble using the calculator the other day. He kept getting the wrong answer. <laughs> I understand how. Hit the wrong buttons, probably. Yeah, that's how you do it. I, I think it, it might be uh, worse, but I think that one scene um, where the drunk guy was like freaking out and pushing people and books were getting thrown, I wonder what the effect would have been if the camera was at a different angle. Instead of Jimmy John Thornton being like barely seeable at the bottom if he took up more of the screen and it like superimposed his complete lack of reaction beyond the chaos happening in the background and maybe they'd have to like spruce up the chaos a little bit more since it's not like the focus anymore but would really like accentuate his complete lack of emotion and you know what I mean? I don't know if it'd make it better or worse. I just think it would be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, because he like definitely nailed it when it came to stuff like that. Yeah. Like just either just sticking and being fully immersed into that character and the the disability was just spot on. And you you wouldn't know it that he's the guy who plays Bad Santa too. <laughs> yeah, two <laughs> like vastly different ends of the spectrum on that one. Um, I would, uh, I have one more thing before we go, I think. I would like them to hire an actual fucking mechanic, or, like, put the guy who's playing a mechanic into a course or something, or, like, just have one on set, be like, yeah, say this instead. Because I don't understand how someone who is trained for this, and this is their job, they've been doing this for years, gets outplayed by a guy who's been in the loony bin since he was fucking 12. Yeah. Probably because the dude that is a mechanic is also retarded because they've been trying to start that thing all day and didn't check to see if it has gas. So I think he just fits right in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then one of the things, uh, this is completely useless knowledge, and I'm not going to fact check it because fuck you. Um, But when he says check the points, uh, when he's talking about the lawnmower, uh, that was a two-stroke. They didn't have 
quote unquote points. Spark plug points sometimes is what they uh, refer to. Yeah, but uh, the the lawnmowers back then didn't have. Back then, I don't know. I know nowadays they do. Yeah, well, nowadays we've got fucking air conditioned lawnmowers <laughs> <laughs> and lawnmowers that you fucking program. You don't even have to, it's a robot. I want one of those. I want an all-in-one. They have a vacuum slash mopping robot now. Now all they need to do is add the lawn onto it. And then fucking just scoot <laughs> out the doggy door after cleaning the floors. Cutting up your floor. Son of a bitch! You wish you'd have got shag carpet. Alright, uh, next week, you guys can join us. We'll be uh, reviewing The Life of Pi. I've seen this movie. Yeah. So have I several times. Yes. Tiger's going to eat the child. No. I've seen it once. Uh, so you can join us then. I read the book, though. Uh, you have you guys us... read the book at all? No. Sorry. No. I keep cutting you off. Not okay. at all. Okay, well, we talk Pretty about presumptuous that week, of you to assume that I know how to read. Yeah. <laughs> uh, join us on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash by the rail side every Saturday. Uh, after we record around 8.30 p.m. Eastern, as well as Friday nights and Tuesday nights. Uh, follow us Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, you know, all those uh, all those places. We're by the rail side. And uh, have a good night. Keep it fresh. Don't be retarded. <laughs>